I won't Pick listen to your money. <laughs> In cash. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 157 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-host, Mike, and special guest, Jolie Hales. Jolie, thank you for hanging out with us today on this very strange podcast that somehow is still running. Thank you for being here. <laughs> That's quite the introduction. It is very strange. podcast that for some reason still exists. I like that. Well, we 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 used to be the longest running anthem podcast, but now that's kind of gone. We don't even know what's happening with that game, and we decided, hey, we'll just keep talking because where else would Mike and I talk to each other about stuff? So it's not like we talk very often. Um, I'm actually don't. surprised we're all here. We all bought stock into GameStop, and we're going to be moving to the moon pretty soon <laughs> because we've been investing in that and enjoying that interesting ride. That's been an interesting three days, and that is. Entered into the sphere of video game stuff um, just because GameStop happened to be in the right place in the right time in order for crazy stock shenanigans to happen. So, you know, like you should never bet against Reddit. That's what I've learned in my time, like being on Reddit. Don't bet against Reddit. So you won't like it. Cool. So this is episode 157. It is January the 27th. It also happens to be Michael's birthday. Happy 40th birthday, Mike. Um, Happy birthday. How dare you? How dare you? I am 22. <laughs> Happy 22nd Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, awesome. it is my birthday. Yay. I get to meet Yay. you on your birthday. How wow. cool is that? What I a should present like... for me. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Really I should go buy a lottery you? ticket. Are you really turning? I'm sorry. I'm hijacking. I do that sometimes. I apologize. Uh, are you turning 40 for real? 22 for real? Eventually, I'll be 40, but not this year. I'm 38 this year. Oh, 38, okay. 38, yeah. And that you, you look younger than 40. Yay! <laughs> you look two years younger than 40, can, Mike. Can I, can I pull off 22, though? I don't know. I don't think I can pull off 22. Sure. We've got too much wisdom back here. So That's, too much, too much going on. I also would have said that, but all right. So it is January 27th. Happy birthday. And before we get started talking to Jolie about all the things that she's been doing, she has been doing a lot of talk about Final Fantasy on the internet. So I enjoy my fair share of Final Fantasy and we would like to talk with her about why, what's what's with the obsession. But no, no anyway, so we will first want to thank our patrons. So we want to thank Julius, Nathan B, Michael R, Trent B, Man and Steel, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., the Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Fajin for supporting the show for so long. We really, really appreciate it. We probably wouldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for your support. And if anyone would like to support the show, they can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. And you can kick a dollar our way because, hey, it's a dollar. That's super cheap. All right. So, Jolie, at the beginning of the show, we always ask what we've been doing um, this past week. So I want to kick it over to you and really just kind of ask you not what you've been doing only this week, but kind of um, we want to I want to hear about what you've been doing in the podcasting space. You are the host of the Big Compute podcast, and it's a show that I have enjoyed listening to. You guys talk a lot about how supercomputers can help engineers help other companies um, do their work easier. You guys had an episode about the coronavirus and supercomputing, um, helping figure out better vaccinations or better ways to fight the coronavirus from things like conventional means to actually like growing plants that can help fight the coronavirus that I thought was super interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about that, about your podcasting um, experience on there? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. 
Um, yeah, it's called the Big Compute Podcast. And basically, I mean, we don't realize how much in our life is created or made better or enhanced in some way by supercomputers or high-performance computing, also abbreviated HPC in, in the industry. Um, and I work in, in tech right now, and part of my job is to host this podcast where I get to interview engineers and scientists who use supercomputers to enhance our world. So they're like undercover superheroes is what we call them, because they're really making a difference and impact in our lives, but we have no idea that they're doing it. We don't know the names behind it. Like, for instance, like uh, the Tide Pods that you throw into the, the laundry, right, to clean your clothes. A ton of supercomputing had to go into actually designing those, right? Which you would never really think because you have to, nowadays, you can digitally simulate what would happen with certain kinds of materials and products and certain heat and certain fluids. Whereas in the past, the technology took a long time, products took a long time to evolve and get better because everything had to do um, everything had to be physically tested. Like science had to all be physically done in a lab, right? Um, it wasn't like you could run a bunch of scientific uh, chemical profiles through a supercomputer and identify what would help what like you can today. So because of that, science and technology is advancing at an extremely awesome pace. And there's just so much to talk about. I mean, everything that your cell phone, obviously, a lot of that was made through supercomputing. The case, the $5 plastic case on your cell phone is something that was designed through supercomputing, through simulation, right? A Mars rover is one. It, it, it's everything out there. And I get to talk about it, which is pretty rad. I interview the experts and then learn a lot because I am definitely not a scientist or an engineer. No, I think it's cool that you get to talk with all these people and learn from them. And because they, there's it, there's applications that, like you said, that we never even think of that it's like, oh, you can use supercomputing for that. And it's you start learning mm -hmm. about industries that, you know, you just were never on our radar. So it's really cool to listen to smart people talk about their field of expertise, because it's not yeah. like coming on this show and having a bunch of weirdos like talk about things they have no idea about. You actually learn <laughs> something. So I think that's really cool. Um is there like, do you have a, the most interesting thing you have learned while doing the podcast? Something that really stands out? Um, well, I just took over it in the early fall. So I've done, see, the, probably the most interesting thing that comes to mind. I mean, we've done a lot of COVID episodes, but it was interesting to hear simulations done on musical instruments and which musical instruments pose the highest risk of spreading COVID versus others. So we're talking like wind and brass instruments, you know, where you're actually blowing air, aerosol particles. And so some studies were done to see which ones were the highest risk and the lowest risk. And do you want to take a guess which one's the highest and the lowest? Put you on the, the spot. The elementary school recorder. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't test that one. Oh, they should. There's know, a gold one there. <laughs> they will find out that that is the one. <laughs> I am going. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be something you blow into. So I'm going to go with either the flute or the French horn. I Trombone. Was, <gasps> Ooh. I was going to say this the flute. Because the flute? It has, yeah, because it the has flute, less. You blow across the mouthpiece, and so it kind of. Yeah. You're, blowing, you're at least blowing into a mouthpiece when and you the do trombone like a has all like the twists and stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. So I mean, you'll have to check out uh, bigcompute.org because I'm trying to make sure that I re remember remember it right. But if I remember correctly, the flute was actually average. So it was in the same category where it emits the same number of aerosol particles 
as talking or breathing. So it's it's the same. Um, but the trombone was in a higher risk category, but it wasn't the highest risk. The highest risk instrument was the trumpet, which as you can imagine, somebody, I mean, you've seen somebody play the trumpet. Mm-hmm. They look like they're going to die. Like yeah. <laughs> their face is popped out and, and not to offend any trumpet players out there. My brother's a trombone player and it's very similar, but it's, they're just, they're blowing so hard into this instrument that it's just, and it's just going aerosol particles everywhere, right? And oh, it's got man. a very short tubing. So there's, you know, it doesn't collect inside the instrument as much. So because of that, it's 10 times worse than talking. That's and why I gave up the trumpet. That's that's really why play? I gave it up. I did, but I had to it's give it up because I was spreading. I did. It was in mid school, so it was a while ago. Um, but I knew it was the all about the aerosols. I said, you know what, mom, I can't play this anymore. I'm spreading too many aerosols. She said, oh, don't give it up. I said, no, it's, I can't, I have to. So, and now it's been confirmed. That 26 a, years later, it's confirmed. Yeah, that you were basically a, a child prophet. So I was, I was. And we'll I was saving the world. From now on. Uh, uh-huh. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, Stephen? I don't oh. think we have it recorded at all. So <laughs> we can I've just been shot down. So, <laughs> so Jolie, as far as podcasting goes, have you done any podcasting before or was this kind of like, all right, you're going to do this show. You're going to learn to podcast and get after it. Um, so this is my first podcast that I've hosted. I've been a guest on a few podcasts before. So I was a little bit familiar with, with, you know, talking on one, but it's a lot easier to just be a guest on one and speak to people and then make them do all the work than it is to actually, you know, produce one because with the big compute podcast, not only am I a host on it, um, but I do all of the editing, all of the writing, uh, pretty much it's kind of my baby and it's in a very long form storytelling format with sound effects and music, very similar to, we're going kind of for the radio lab style, you know? And so because of that, it takes me forever to, to do it because I'm there's just so much editing. It's like a giant video production, but it's all audio, right? The way that right, this right. one's done. We can't push them out every week. It's more like every two or three weeks. And hopefully we'll speed that up as um, as the company I work for is able to increase headcount. And I can pass off some other things to other people. <laughs> No, if that day ever comes, we'll see. Yeah, yeah and right. I, and, knock on wood. And the podcast sounds great. Like I would not be surprised to like hear it on the NPR network because it it is very well produced. And I'm like, man, Jolie's gonna come on here and hear how we do this and be like so embarrassed that we're like doing the show because of the amount of work <laughs> no, that you guys great. put in. But, Are um, you kidding me? Like I think this is great, and I mean, good for you for just pushing out raw content. Whereas I feel like I'm this perfectionist that really just takes forever. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not as authentic, frankly speaking, because if I say something that's really dumb, I can get rid of it because I'm in charge of the editing. Nice. <laughs> Whereas, you know, you're putting yourself out there and I think there's something really charming and cool about that. Yeah, all the dumb stuff stays I in here. I get to say so. dumb things. Woohoo. Yay! You just said I could. I can say dumb things. Well, that's all I'm here for. I don't know if you needed permission for that, like it's you've done it before and we just leave well, it in, but But now someone appreciates it. Just I saying. understand. So speaking of all the stuff. I am appreciative of that. <laughs> so and talking more about the like you're doing the podcast thing. Like you also have um, directing credits on IMDb for short films. So it seems like you're a very creative person. Like at heart, has that always been the case for you? Were you like directing brothers and sisters when you were growing up, like in small oh, family totally. films? 
And do they yeah. like, do they still talk to you or just like, no, I don't think we're talking to that person anymore. <laughs> I never appreciated it. Let's be honest. I was also the oldest of the four kids. So it was kind oh, of like. That makes sense. I've so you had a captive audience. Around. They had to do what you said. Yeah, I was You're kind of like, I'm this. in charge. This is yeah. the thing. Yeah. And I was always like writing plays and nice. like just, you know, yeah, I creating is something that has always been a part of me and always will be a part of me. And it's interesting because I, I used to work in Hollywood and do the, the film thing there, but I ended up walking away because um, even though I love the creative part and I love, but there's other places and other ways I can do it than actually in Hollywood. Cause I live in Southern California, you know, and I'm still close by Hollywood, but I didn't like the vibe there. I, in fact, the, the culmination of that realization was I went to the, I went to the Hollywood awards, which is a precursor award ceremony to the Academy Awards. So all of the celebrities are there. They do this giant dinner they you know give out these awards and it's like super ritzy i mean we're talking like oh my gosh they had like 40 or 50 models that were posed to be decorations does that make sense like yeah. and then every 30 minutes no i mean it does but it doesn't make sense That's yeah weird. right right so so like somebody goes into this and like you know, there are people who like crave the red carpet atmosphere. I have never been that person. I do not care about like fame and fortune, except the only benefit would probably be it would give you the next gig to be creative mm -hmm. more easily. That would be nice. But I remember going to this thing and I was surrounded by celebrities and I don't really care. I mean, I respect their craft and talent, but I don't, I'm not like a person who's like, selfie, hey, look, everybody, I hung out with this random face, you know, like who cares? So, but when I was there, I remember that it was just, it was, there was so much money thrown into this. There were so many celebrities and the best conversation I had that night. I mean, everybody, not, not everybody, but a lot of the people there were very ostentatious Hollywood, you know, trying mm. to. If they weren't big already, they were trying to make it big. And the best conversation I had there was with the the this one of the servers who barely spoke any English, who was bringing out the strawberries, who like wasn't allowed to talk to the people in attendance, you know, unless they talked to them first. And I just remember thinking, I'm in my gown, right? And I remember thinking, this is not fulfilling. And so I left. Um, and I went to a burger place with a friend of mine in my gown and I never looked back. I just didn't, I just didn't want to do it anymore. You know, it was, it wasn't for me. It's for others. It's not for me. Not that I ever would have become famous because I'm not saying, oh, well, because maybe if I had become famous, I would have been like, okay, well, maybe we'll give this a try, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, so I don't know if, if that information is at all interesting, or, uh, but Yes, yeah, so I did the Hollywood thing, um, but now it's like I tend to do more directing for the tech industry um, and sometimes for myself. And then, of course, my little videos online and some of them get watched, but a lot of them don't. Well, you, right. you say <laughs> little, but passion projects, you know, yeah. yeah, you say they're little, but they're like two hours long, two hour dissertations <laughs> about cloud strife. So, I mean, it's, it's not little, but I guess one of the things I, I bring it up and I wanted to talk to you about, like. Um, like being a creative, like in like growing up that way, like how do you combat like because I feel like I have creativity ADD where it, like, OK, yeah. I'm going to do this thing and like, OK, like I'm done doing that thing. I have to move on. Like, how do you combat yeah. that? Like, do you try to actively combat that to feel like, no, if I'm going to be creative, I'm going to work on this one thing and perfect it. 
or do you just like, all right, move on to the next thing because that the next thing will be more fulfilling than trying to like you know beat this thing into into submission. If that makes any sense. So when you say this thing, are you talking about a project or are you talking about a skill? Well, I, w- I would say either or because like like for me, I have this weird thing that I like like I hyper focus on one thing at a time that like pops yeah, into my head. It's like, oh, I mean, right. that's good. I'd say that's how you get better. Right. Right. But then it then you hit that point where you're like, OK, I'm done with this time to move on to the next thing. And it's like, oh, you never really master that one thing because like my mind is like, all right, on to the next thing. Because yeah. this thing is just kind of done and out of the way. Like, do you do you have that issue, or are you just able to like compartmentalize like all the different things that you do, and then like, all right, this is the next thing I need to focus on, so we'll we'll focus here. I think it's more B than A. Um, I tend to focus project by project, and then I try to do, I try to learn something from every project, right? So, like for instance, um, so that way it's creatively fulfilling in a couple different ways. I create something that I like, but I also learned a skill that I can utilize again. But it doesn't have to be like completely mastered. It just has to be mastered enough to consider myself advanced to be able to use it again. Like, if if that makes sense. Like an example that comes to mind is I was asked to make a video um, introducing a product for a tech company and they suggested, oh, maybe do an animation, right? And I have a little bit of art in my background as like, like drawing and doing some animation. When I was a kid, I would actually create animations on computer for fun because my dad bought me software and we don't need to go into that. Anyway, um, <laughs> once upon a time when I was a young, you know, sorry. Um, <laughs> we will not edit this part out. So it is okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I think like, Anyway, for this video, um, I learned how to use a new, the, the character animator um, that Adobe makes, which I had never used before, where it actually follows your face. And then I learned how to actually go in and change all of the mouth and everything. So it basically created um, an animation with characters, which I'd never done before. And I didn't have to do it that way. But I wanted to do it that way because while I thought it would be a good end product for them, it would also be very fulfilling for me to learn, if that makes sense. And yeah. I thought that I could do it. I'm like, I think right. I've got enough skills to make this work. So I don't know if that answers your question. I tend to move from project to project and try to pick up skills along the way. Um, I do a lot of things in the creative world, but outside of the creative world, like with cooking, ballet, which is in the creative world, like those things I suck at. So it's not like I could do all the things, you yeah. know, it's, and no, I'll I- never get good at ballet ever. <laughs> like it's not in my DNA. Some things we just can't do, you know? Yeah. No, I you can't I, teach Jolie I, a person to be an opera singer. You can't teach Jolie to be a ballet dancer. <laughs> Not me, me either. But it's it's just it's always interesting to me to like talk to people that are creative to feel to see what their process is, how they deal with like the slumps of just being like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, and like trying to break yeah. through that and and continue to push on and continue to get better at your craft because it seems like it's different for everyone. And I it's just something that always interests me is like what drives people to continue to yeah. create. Um, especially when it's like, it's tough to create, especially when it's like, Hey, I want to put this on the internet and I want this to like get all the likes and I want to, you know, so it's tough to have that mentality and be like, you know, what continues to drive people to do that? So, um, well, I think, I think the key is to do it 
because it's fulfilling for you in those kinds of cases. Like the Final Fantasy uh, review I did that you've referenced, it's like 80 minutes long, which is literally eight minutes less than like the full length Lion King movie. So it's basically a feature <laughs> film, right? And it took me probably seven months to edit because, you know, I'm a mom and I work full time in tech in a demanding role. Um, I'm a wife, so I and and I'm a runner, so it's like, where do I have the time to do editing? It was like I'd have from nine o'clock to ten o'clock on weeknights, you know, sometime right. if if church stuff wasn't also there, you know. Right. So, so like, it was a seven month commitment, and I knew that it might not get any views at all, right? And I even say that in the video, I'm like, this might not ever be seen, and. And it's sad because sometimes I pull up my analytics and like no one has seen one minute of that video in the last 48 hours or something sometimes. And I'm like, oh, that was so like good. But at, but at the same time, I laugh because I didn't make it for that. It's nice right. when people see your work. But I had so much fun doing that project every night because it let me relive something that I am obsessed with, as you say, right? Like something that I really enjoy. It was my creative release on my own time um and maybe someday it'll get an audience yeah uh, all right so let's so let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here and let's talk about final fantasy so like why final fantasy for you was this like you know did you were you always a video game player like from growing up like you always had video games or was it like hey Sephiroth is super hot, and I'm just going to play this game over and over again. Like, the shirt off, man. Woohoo! Those polygon abs. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I mean, it'll get anybody. So, like, what, what's your history with video games? So, I'm one of those kind of, uh, I guess we're kind of an odd breed. I'm a female, but I was a tomboy, and I did grow up with, with, uh, with video games. So I had an Atari when I was like six and it was the single joystick with the orange button. Yeah. Um, and it plugged into our computer that you had to, you know, use DOS to get in and whatever. <laughs> and so when I was six years old, I started playing joust and I loved joust that and centipede and like, you know, the classics Pac-Man mm -hmm. things like that, Donkey Kong. Um, and so I grew up just loving video games. Something about it was, was really fun for me. And then, um, you know, played Smash Bros for a while. Uh, of course, the classics. Like, I grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog, all that. And then when I was in high school, I'd never played RPGs, though. They always looked stupid to me when I was a kid. I was like, I am not going to, like, go through a menu on a game. You know, it looks, you know, they look lame to me. I'm like, that's confusing and no. But then, and you'll laugh at this. So, so I'm LDS, and you know a thing about that, I'm told. Um, and I sent a missionary boyfriend out into the field. <clears throat> so my my boyfriend left on a two-year mission. And the way that it worked then was that um, when, when somebody goes on a mission, they basically do not contact their girlfriend or even their family back even then. Family. There are yeah. strict, like, no contact rules because they need to focus on their mission, right? Um and I see you nodding. You're like, yes. Yeah. It's a little bit different now. It's like a lot different yeah. now. Yeah. It's a but lot different. yeah. So I sent him on his mission and I, I remember I needed something to like fill that time slot. And a friend lent me Final Fantasy VIII. And I, I must have been so desperate because I never wanted to play it. And I think one day I popped it into my PlayStation 1 and I played Final Fantasy VIII. And I was like, 
this is awesome. Like it took me a while to get into it. I was like, this is, this is like a movie. I'm like living a movie, but I get to control it. And I thought it was so cool. And like, I, I love, I maxed out all my characters. And then when it was over, I'm like, there's a seven, like there's an eight. There has to be, there has to be more so than I this. Played seven, and I worked my way backwards. Cause eight was the, I think the most recent one at the time. Mm-hmm. So then I played six and then five and, and then I played four and I, I put a hundred hours into four and then I got stuck in a glitch wall. Like I literally got stuck in a wall, could not get out (laughs) and you couldn't do multiple saves back then. So that was it. I never, I never beat four. I put a hundred hours into it and then I got stuck in a wall. So, and then from there, it's just been like, I don't have, because I'm doing all these other things, I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to video games like I want to. So I can only play like one at a time. And so when it, when there's a new Final Fantasy I haven't played, that's the game I go to. So nice. question in chat. I'm supposed to ask you what you named Cloud in Final Fantasy VII. For oh, your... is that my freaking husband? It might be. <laughs> I hate you, Spencer. Oh, okay. So that's funny you should ask. So so my my boyfriend who oh my I did gosh, not marry no. came home from his mission and I, and like was like marry me and I'm like no I don't feel that way anymore. So it didn't work out. I met and this guy I named Sephiroth. But yeah, right. But when I when I was playing Final Fantasy 7, I named Cloud Cloud DLT, which were the initials of my missionary boyfriend and and then I named Eris or Aerith, but it, you know, yeah. they keep, you know, um, Aerith, Aerith Joe, because my name's Jolie, because I thought that Eris and Cloud would end up together. Oh, do you? <laughs> and then, I don't know, spoiler alert, that wasn't what happened. And yeah. I was like, what? Is, is, I was going to say spoiler leave. alert, but. Yeah, it didn't work out. So, so did the game influence your life or did, were you like, he came back and you're like, no, I can't do it. Cause in the game they didn't get together. So now we can't be together. And you like, Whether crushed his spirit. Or not, it was probably just prophetic, except I didn't get stabbed. Thankfully yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. yet. <laughs> not That's too funny. That's so, uh, a good story. See, oh, that, see, so that was good. We will leave that one. We will leave that one in. Um, so we will give Jolie a time to catch her breath here and we'll catch up with what Mike has been doing and then we'll uh, get into the news of the week and then we have a pretty awesome quiz at the end of the show here that we'll do. So Mike, what have nice. you been up to? All right, so we said at the top of the show, this is, uh, this is today is my birthday and for my birthday, my family got me an Oculus, R- uh, not a Rift, Oculus Quest 2. And it was my first foray into VR. So I've been playing a lot of VR with the boys. I have two older kiddos. And we've been on the VR a bunch. We played um, Tales from Galaxy's Edge. It was one of the first ones that we got because we're all about Star Wars in our family right now. we got a bunch of little Jedis running around. Yeah, it's super fun. Super awesome world to be in, right? You get to play with a lightsaber. So any game that gives you a lightsaber, you're good to go, right? So we played that. Um, We finished it. It's not a very long game. It's about three hours. Through VR, we we figured um, going through all the stuff, and so it's it's a it's not really a letdown, but it's kind of a letdown because I would expect it to be longer. But then I also understand like, do I want to spend ten plus hours with a VR headset on? Because it you can only go in in short bursts. I found I I get about an hour before my head starts to feel funny. I need to take it off, 
get my bearings kind of thing. So maybe that time frame is about accurate for VR games. Um, at least this one. Steve has a thought, but I'm going to keep going. Um, so it was fun for us. The kids got to play it, which was fun for them. And then the big thing now in the house is Beat Saber. Because talk about like dual wielding lightsabers, right? And then again, just the music and just playing with that and doing the challenges. And it's fun to do Beat Saber. Um, my oldest was able to have his friends over and they had a Beat Saber competition. It was just fun to watch them just go through some wholesome content. Um, you know, nothing crazy, just hitting a bunch of blocks with sticks. And so it was super fun. So Beat Saber um, is fun. And then I've been trying some some other games. I tried a game called Journey of the Gods. And that one looks really cool, but got me sick. Again, because I have like a, in my old age, I'm learning, you know, because I'm so old now. I'm learning that I'm having, I have some motion issues. And it's awesome when the game is coming to me. But, but when I'm moving through the game and like trolling my movement that way, um, it gets me a little bit sick, so I can't handle it very well. Um, you will have to tell me not, like what kind of game is Journey of the Gods? You will have to, so, what is it? So it feels, it actually kind of has a, uh, a Zelda feel to it, right? You're kind of like a sprite type character. You've got a wooden crossbow. Um, you've got a sword and a shield. You're helping kind of like woodland characters. Um, um, so far, I've fought um, like little slugworms that were trying to get into a a um, house that I, if I remember right, had like a mushroom top. So kind of like the Smurfs. So okay. you're in like a woodland realm. You have this ability to grow and become um, godlike, hence Journey of the Gods. Um, and you have, so basically you have two different characters. You have your one character who is on the ground level, who is interacting with things. And when you go into your God mode, you can make trees grow. You can move trees to, to get in the path of enemies. Um, I, I did not get very far into that one because of the motion sickness. And so I'm going to have to play with those settings. I've learned that playing from a seated position is actually pretty helpful for me. Um, so I might try that again. Um, but it seems cool. I'm not very far into it. I'll have to try it out some more. It looks um, a lot like of the... it looks like Breath of the Wild. So I think they yeah. are definitely drawing inspirations from the Legend of Zelda, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it definitely had that feel to it. So I'll try that one out again. Uh, maybe take some Dramamine beforehand, so I'm not uh, woozy and like Captain Jack Sparrowing around, right? <laughs> Although that could be a fun game too. Um, <laughs> been trying a lot of the free demos. It's cool. It's cool that you're given that ability to demo the games before you actually commit to buy them. Because I can definitely understand people buying a game and then not being able to finish because of the motion aspect and getting kind of upset. So doing a lot of the demos, um, we have a fishing one that is just, you're meant to sit down and like fish. I've caught more fish virtually than I ever caught in my entire life. I was like going to say like you, you're... <laughs> Yeah, you like actually want to fish in VR? Like you don't want to fish in real life. Like why would you? I, I well, VR you catch stuff. Like there's a guarantee that's the game, right? Uh. Fishing is like okay, give me your twenty four dollars for your fishing license and go get them. Stop the kids from throwing rocks into the lake right where you're fishing because kids are really <laughs> responsive with that. They don't like throwing stuff into the lake. I don't know if you knew that or not. Not a single one yeah. does. Not a single one does. It's terrible. So I'm fishing right, and I'm sitting there. But like I said, I only last about an hour before I kind of have to disconnect myself. My eyes start to twitch out and stuff. But I hope we get more Star Wars content. 
because because it seems like that's where it's at, right? Like starships and lightsabers and using the force, like super, super fun stuff. Is I, I do is Beat Saber like the best Star Wars game on there? I don't think so. Um I, I did pick up the uh the Vader Immortal, the first chapter of that, and and gonna pick up second and third chapters to play through that. That is super fun, great storytelling. Again, it's just being in that world that VR offers you. Um and like I say, you get to handle a lightsaber. So so there you go. And and I really want one of those next. I think I think I'll get a lightsaber next. I they're, agree. They're just cool. Everyone yeah, should have and I, one. And I probably I probably won't cut off an appendage with it. I mean, I'll be super careful. You won't immediately <laughs> stare down the barrel of the lightsaber. <laughs> right? No. So, so yeah, so I've been doing that. Um uh those that that's my foray into into VR stuff. And then just some of the other things we've been doing um that is kind of a big thing right now, right? WandaVision WandaVisions, uh, we're three episodes into that and, and it's weird yep. and awesome, but then like weird again, but then like, I guess this could be cool, but then you're like, no, that's weird. So, so I think really it's just weird. <laughs> we're all trying to convince so ourselves that there's something more to it. Is it good? I haven't seen any of it. Is it? Um, I, I, we're all yeah, asking ourselves that question. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Right. Cause everything has been good so far that we're like, Oh, they're putting it out. It must be good. But I don't know if it's good yet. Um, so we won't spoil so anything here. Stay tuned. Exactly. Totally. Because you got to catch up on three episodes now because we're three episodes in. And for me, anyway, it feels like something is happening now in episode three. So I'm feeling a little bit better about where it's going. The first two set up the world. Um, and by set up the world, I mean confuse the heck out of you. And I think that's what you're supposed to be feeling. So you're going to be confused, but you're going to like it. You think you're going to like huh. it. You think you're going to like it. So definitely check out WandaVision if you haven't checked out WandaVision. And then um, one of the things that Steve and I have been getting into, we've been following the GameStop um, <laughs> stock thing that's been going on and and have kind of jumped on that roller coaster. And it's just cool to be a part of it, right? Even yeah. if like you end up breaking even at the end, it's just cool to be a part of it. And say, yeah, I was there when that happened. And, and you know, here's your five cents. Go buy me a, a, a soda pop kind of thing. So well, it's just cool. It's definitely. Wait, did you both put money in? We did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're going to the moon. <laughs> like, it's, like, like Mike said, there's definitely this part of like, hey, we were there when this happened kind of thing. So, and just like. I, I've done a lot of deep dives onto Reddit, onto the Wall Street bets, like into like deep, um, deep value subreddits and like keeping up on it, just trying to learn like what is going on. Because at first I was like, wow, this is really interesting because I heard about it last week about everyone talking about GameStop. And like I've been on the Robinhood app, you know, for about two years now, just like investing a little bit here, a little bit there, like never really paying attention to it. But it, all of a sudden it just kind of it kind of blew up. And I think mostly because it kind of crossed over into the Venn diagram of the things that we're interested in, like video games and like making money. So it's like, all right, like I've got a little bit of cash that I can afford to lose. Let's put it in here. Let's watch it and see what it does. And like, so far it's like, it's making money. And I'm like, is it really this easy to make money? I know it's not like, I'm not a financial advisor, but it's been really cool to like, also it kind of has this like stick it to the man kind of vibe going on to where like these big hedge funds have like, you know, 
screwed people over in 2008 and took everyone's life savings and now it's kind of like hey reddit is going to stick it to the man now so it's kind of like reddit's gonna bring down the bring down wall street and you know it's got the presidency saying hey we're gonna look into gamestop which is i don't think anything a president has ever said in their life but um now the president is gonna look into gamestop yeah he they i didn't hear that part he Biden tweeted, said something about GameStop? Yeah, they tweeted today that they were going to have their people look into it. I don't know what that means. There's a lot of people, you know, talking about um, stock manipulation. But it's like, see, I talk about it like I'm like, like I'm like on this on this one side of it. So I shouldn't even I shouldn't even You're say like anything. An insider. I feel right? like an insider. Well, it definitely, with like my, you said, it, it has this like us and them mentality, right? Because like hedge funds are losing money and Wall Street is losing money. But everybody with the Robinhood app is like making money and people who go into GameStop, right? And so it's just kind of a weird, it's cool to be on the train and see where it goes. Um, I don't know what it's going to turn into or if what we're doing is illegal. I hope not. It's but not. You're it's buying, just, it's you're buying stock. It's not illegal. No. No, no, I do, I don't know. Before. You bought stock on Robinhood before and you didn't get arrested for it. I don't know why it'd be different now. So it, it's not illegal what you're doing, but it is very much like a David versus Goliath thing. Like, hey, all these Redditors are memeing their way to these hedge funds going bankrupt. And it's like, should I feel bad that the hedge funds are going bankrupt? Maybe, but I don't. So, hey, we're going to the moon. So there you go. I don't know if we are going to the moon, but I'm on that train. So, so we'll see. What does GameStop think of this? Are um, they like freaking out because they're afraid it's going to obviously tank at some point? So all the research that I've done says that they so they got a new CEO within the last six months or so who oh, is okay. who is kind of changing things up and 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 I again since I I don't know how to read these reports accurately what it sounds like is he's invested quite a bit of, of his own capital into this company after he became CEO and is kind of helping to push that stock high. And then they're doing and then something's happening on the back end with like short selling and things like that. That's where I kind of get lost. And yeah, so, yeah. And so it's it's rising. But but I don't know to what end. And I think they're OK with it. I would I would yeah. think they'd be OK with it. There there were a lot of factors that went into it that led up to like, you know, hedge funds bought 140 percent. You know, they shorted all their stock all their shares by like 140% because they were anticipating GameStop dying and they were going to make money off of GameStop dying and um some investors got you know saw that hey okay these are the circumstances that we find ourselves in now if we buy here you know we'll be able to go up so it's it's a very interesting thing to be a part of and to experience and again we're not financial analysts so don't trust anything that we say yeah, definitely don't take it as like as like anything. Like we don't want to be responsible for anybody losing, you know, four hundred one ks and stuff, which is probably not a good idea to pull your whole four hundred one k out. You say that now after this. I did it, but anyway, <laughs> you can you can go ahead and carry on, Mike. What do we, what else we got here? Um, the only other thing that that I have started new this week um, is a Netflix show called The Queen's Gambit. Um. And I thought it was a movie. Steve's like, you got to go watch this. I'm like, okay. So, so my wife and I sat down thinking it was a movie and they're like episode one of a limited series. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to invest time in this. So we started and, and it starts off very kind of like hit you in the face. It's one of those stories that, that tells us that like sets up the story, but then does a flashback, which I'm not, I don't necessarily like that. 
too much. Um, but anyway, so we're going, we're flashing back now. And so we're going through these episodes. We're four episodes in and, and it's really, I don't want to say gripping because I don't know if we're gripped yet. Um, but it's very interesting. It's done very well. I think it's, I think it's shot well. Um, it definitely has a very unique feel to it. Um, it's all about chess. And so, and so you kind of have to, it's a thinker. It's one of those thinker movies, I think. I don't think, think it's it a is. Thinker. No, I, don't I think, think it's it a thinker. No. Well, you've seen it. I'm only four episodes in, but it definitely, because like chess done. is a thinking man's person, right? A thinking man's game, right? So you got to think to be able to play chess. I never was good at chess, like ever. Um, I was too symmetrical in my movements. Like, look at this like pretty board my, I made. I should be it, winning. And that's exactly what it was. And that's exactly what it was. My knights would move in unison. My rooks would move. I was never good at chess. Um, shoots and ladders was more my speed. I'm definitely better at shoots and ladders than I am chess. Um, so if you, I mean, <laughs> there was a shoots and ladders championship. I'd be there. I can spin a spinner. Do you want to uh, bet that my, there's a shoots and ladder championship? I there know, probably is. There probably is. My youngest, my youngest uh, daughter is three, and she loves playing games. Loves playing board games. So, and and we only had Candyland and Jenga for the longest time. And there's only so many times you can you can kind of stack those cards for the game to be over quickly. Because as <laughs> much as I love my kids, like that Candyland board is long. It's a <laughs> long board. So you know you kind of. Anyway, so I ended up picking up Kerplunk. That's a fun one. Right, marbles and sticks and clinking and clanking holds the three-year-old's attention span really well. Um, so we picked up um, Connect Four also and Kerplunk, and those are fun to play. Um, very tactile games, you know, that are quick. That are quick games to get over. <laughs> um, for all of you young parents out there, find the quick ones. For the olders, we picked up Monopoly, and we've played oh, once. Man. And and my yeah, my kids haven't talked to me since. We played. <laughs> we played three weeks ago, and I totally wrecked them. Like I totally wrecked them. Like it wasn't even close. I had I had hotels on all my properties, and it was just I just wrecked them, and they were they got bad. <laughs> it was actually quite comical. Um, so don't play Monopoly with your family. I guess you could yeah. if you don't want to see them of, anymore. A lot of uh, domestic violence, I think, goes back to yeah. Monopoly games. To be honest, I, I think so. And if if you're wanting to kind of ostracize a part of your family, just invite them over for Monopoly, and it'll do it for you. <laughs> like you won't have to like anything. Just hey. Aunt Joe or or um, Uncle Frank, right? Because Uncle Frank from Home Alone, he was like, the "Oh judge. yeah, you'd, you'd want to play Monopoly with him, so he would never come over." I'm just saying, <laughs> right? And I think every family has an Uncle Frank, so so yeah. So check out the Queen's Gambit. We'll watch some more episodes tonight, and we'll we'll kind of round it out probably by the beginning of next show, and we'll be able to talk about it. I'm I like it so far. I think it's entertaining. I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Um, so. It's good. If it's good, it's good. If it's good, it's good. According to Mike. <laughs> According right. to Mike. If I'll, it's good, it's good. I'll go through my stuff really quick. I am close to finishing the first revision of my book, and I'm finishing Cyberpunk tonight, and I'll be glad when that game is done because I am very, very disappointed in where that story goes. So that's what I have been doing besides like planning my retirement home on the moon after I win all the money from the stock market. So I think we have a better chance of colonizing Mars than we do the moon, which begs the question, why haven't we been back to the moon? Cause there's nothing there. There's nothing on Mars. Um, there's actually more on the moon than there is on Mars. Physically. I think that's incorrect. 
No, Techn we have we've left more space stuff on the moon than we have on Mars. Oh, but technically Mars is bigger than the moon, so there's more stuff on Mars than the moon. I thought that's where mm -hmm. you were going. Uh, no, that's not where I was going. But the moon is so close. Okay. I'm just saying. I'd like to check out the moon. I would go. I'm just saying. I'm not going to spend $55,000 right. to get there. I got to talk to you about something. This is Stephen cutting me off. <laughs> All right, really quick. Microsoft, in a wondrous fashion, completely destroyed all the goodwill they have earned in the last year under the direction of Phil Spencer <laughs> and decided to up the prices of Xbox Gold. So the six-month subscription went up from $30 to $60, and no one exactly knows why. People can guess that they maybe were trying to drive people to go play uh, or to pay into the Game Pass subscription, which I guess would be a good idea. But then when you're like, what if people don't want Game Pass and now those people are being punished and having to double their subscription to play online games with people? So this was just a really weird move. Later that day, they said, just kidding. Ha <laughs> ha. See you later. So they up, they kind of backtracked on that, but it was just kind of a weird move that Xbox pulled this um, last week. And I don't exactly know why they thought it was going to be a good idea are to you, do that. Are you looking for an answer more sophisticated than to make more money? <laughs> no, I'm not. Not anymore. Okay, so you think about everything that they've purchased over the last few years, right? Hold they on. Gotta, Bef I mean, before you continue, somehow. I want to address something in the chat. So Mulehorn Gaming, Mulehorn, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Mentions that Mike is a moon conspiracy theorist. I think Mulehorn said that as a joke, not realizing that you really are a moon conspiracy theorist, that we have not been I, to the moon. I, I am not a... Conspiracy theorist, I'm just saying we haven't been back. Um, have we ever been? I don't know. I kind of see that more as a been there, done that. Like, what else can you do if you go back, collect more rocks that are the same? That... Start colonizing? Who wants to live on the moon? Have you seen the pictures of the moon? It's like gray and sad. Jolie. <laughs> like, that's, that's be well, that's because that's the lighting they had in the studios at the time. Have you no, seen have you seen Yeah. Have you seen you Earth in 2020? The flag was blowing in the wind too, and it's like a wire that's distinctly like in the flag. No, no, but but let's now that you we're going down a rabbit hole now because be, sorry. Mule's not gonna like this. All right. So I know that there's a rod in the in the flag to hold it up. Okay, um, I, I really I really do think we went to the moon. I've got nothing. I got. Nothing. <laughs> but but in Mike's we've, defense, we've... you know what? Like I would rather live in the moon than on Earth sometimes. So there is that as well. Well, it depends there who's on the moon with you. Mm. Um, you can take your favorite book, your favorite actor, and your favorite candy bar so what do you go with favorite the, book favorite actor and favorite candy bar yep that's all you get how many candy lifetime bars your favorite one your lifetime supply you can't really have a lifetime supply your favorite actor that's weird no i meant the candy bar <laughs> <laughs> but you have a lifetime supply of your favorite candy bar is the act on is, the your, moon. is your favorite actor forced to like you and be your best friend or just like no you no nope, they go they go the as is what they a go weird, as is. What a weird set of circumstances. It's a weird game. It's a weird game. And it's what I came up with like just now. 
And in the chat, feel free to play along. So, <laughs> are we, so are we is, supposed to answer? Yeah, so, the, uh, so I'll start off so while you guys are thinking. So inside my favorite book is, is a hollowed out section with a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> <That> play- <laughs> my, my favorite book is How to Build a Spaceship. Okay. Did you guys hear that Vicarious Visions <laughs> has merged into Blizzard this week? This was big news because Vicarious Visions, previously known for a lot of video games, but they recently made the remake for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which everyone was like freaking out like these are really awesome remakes and Vicarious Visions did an awesome job on that. Vicarious Visions also, if I'm not mistaken, was kind of... They were kind of seen as like the successor to Bungie when Bungie left um, Activision when they split. But now Vicarious Visions is no longer Vicarious Visions. They are now going to be merged into Activision Blizzard. And everyone is like super bummed out about this because Activision Blizzard doesn't have like the best track record right now because of a lot of the things that they've been doing. I mean, Overwatch 2 is going to release sometime, but we haven't heard anything about that. We had the whole Diablo 4, Diablo Immortal debacle debacle that i almost said diablo but that doesn't make sense that's not a word that you can say um i mean you can say it it's just not a word i will say it we can make it a word it's the diablo uncle diablo um so now there's rumors that they are going to be pushed to do more remakes for blizzard so a lot of people are bummed out about this a lot of people are excited about this because maybe then Blizzard will be producing some good stuff, but I don't know. There, it remains to be seen how this how this team will be divided up, how they will help out. But the other interesting thing about this is that there was a report that there's a Diablo 2 remake in development at the reorganized Blizzard. So there's speculation that maybe Vicarious Visions is working on this. And considering their track record of remakes, it might be really good. But also, it's like, it's a Diablo 2 remake, so do we really need a Diablo 2 remake? The Warcraft 3 Reforged remake was awful. They kind of botched that release, which is really sad, because Warcraft 3 is an amazing video game that everyone should go play. Um, So yeah, like, weird stuff going on over at Blizzard Activision, and it kind of makes me sad that Activision... They are hiring, though. I I bet they are. There's a link link on their website, Careers at Vicarious Vision, so there you go. What are they hiring Hmm. for? Looks like they're hiring all positions. You can choose your mission. Art and animation, design, engineering, production, quality assurance and operations, and internships and co-op opportunities. Co-op <laughs> opportunities. Co-opportunities. Co-opportunities. <laughs> where are they yeah. located? Blizzard is down the street from me, but n- where? Uh, Vicarious Visions is apparently, I just saw it in um, New York. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to double check that a game a game developing development powerhouse in upstate New York. I did not know this. Yeah, pretty cool. I might check them out. I don't know what I would do there. Probably I could speculate about the moon. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> That's the thing you could definitely do over there. Hired. Hired. Steve doesn't have any confidence in my abilities to talk about the moon. I do not. <laughs> like, you gave up really quick. You gave up really quick. I know. I had nothing. I kind of fizzled out. I got self-conscious. It happens. I understand. All <laughs> right. So that is some of the news that has been happening. Um, so, I mean, there's other stuff in the news, but is it interesting? Probably not. 
like I'm more interested in like seeing how many uh, boats I can buy to fly to the moon. All right. So one thing that I do want to do. So Jolie, you are a Disney. This one well, trust me. Well, you call them (laughs) ships. So if they're in space, does a ship fly or does it float? And these dumb questions. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. (laughs) <laughs> got a, we got a weird question in chat that i'll probably and i'll 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 answer that later um so jolie you are a former disney spokesperson uh, michael is a disney fanatic can you tell us what a disney spokesperson is and does or like what kind of superpowers come along with that <laughs> so sure the the uh the title, they're known as the Disney ambassador. Or we're known as the Disney ambassador. And it's a two-year position. It's um, And it, you go through like a three-month selection process. And then they pick two people to serve for two years, basically. And your responsibilities throughout that is just to do everything to be the face of the Walt Disney Company, if that makes sense. So it was like a lot of TV and radio um, interviews, a lot of hosting and emceeing, different ceremonies uh, or executives um, pretty much and then doing a lot of like charity work in the community and teaching and every single day was completely different you don't have like a set schedule um, sometimes I'd be traveling for a few weeks and then I'd be back and it was awesome it was a dream come true extremely um, grueling pace right and and as the spokesperson for Disney you you have to have your hair a certain way, your nails a certain way. You can't leave the house. Like it's in your contract. You can't post anything political on social media or religious. I had to get special permission to speak in church, like to my congregation. Um, so it was, it was super intense. You could only wear certain colors. Um, so yeah, it was intense, but I mean, it makes sense if you think about it because Disney is a big brand and they have everything very specific as to what they want to, how they want to be seen in the public eye. So when you take on the Disney ambassador name or title, then, you know, you agree to be that person and, and they try to pick people who are naturally what they're looking for anyway. I don't know. Somehow I made it through the cut. <laughs> but but it was it was awesome. It was a total dream job. Um, two years is plenty because I think I would have died if I would have gone because it's just so grueling. I mean, on call 24 seven. You never know. You're going to wow. have to talk to the news or something you know is that is that something like the president like when after you're done being the president you still have like secret service following you around so you don't like (laughs) release the secrets of of the house of mouse definitely no secret service at all never have i had to fight off all of the the fanboys with my own fists no i'm just kidding not not fanboys but um no, you become a former ambassador when your term ends, right? So now I'm in like this club of people that's that are former ambassadors. I don't know. Walt See. Disney picked the first one, and then so it's oh, like wow. this, is um, there historic thing that Disnoids freak out? Is about, there like but, a is there a microphone or a camera in that Mickey Mouse behind you to like monitor like it everything? Feels like it kind of. And so it's like this. Yeah. <laughs> back then like the mouse it always felt like the mouse was watching right i went to nice. the pharmacy once without my hair and makeup done and i like put a hat on and i really thought that i was going that to they get were gonna find you yep. yeah That's i did it crazy. once i know it was, it was nuts but it was cool 
That sounds very cool. It does answer my question. And it leads into the segue to prove yourself, Jolie, as a Disney ambassador in Mortal Kombat against Mike. Well, let's not do Mortal Kombat. Let's just do a fun Disney quiz to see who (laughs) is the Disney champion on this podcast. I'm going to bomb this quiz. I bet you'll do well. I don't know anything about Disney. For weeks. I left Disney in 2013, so. Ah, Michael has never never left Disney, so he is there in spirit (laughs) right now. All right, so. should never leave Disney, honestly. Right? It's it's tough to leave Disney. There's so much of it in your house that you don't really realize, but like. Everywhere. Except, except for that money yeah. part. Maybe that money part has something to do with it. Eventually, the Disney money. They don't let out. that. They're Scrooge McDuck with that. That's in a money <laughs> bin somewhere. Yeah. All right. So this quiz, for weeks, I painstakingly curated a bunch of questions. For some reason, that echoes back. All right. Now it's gone. All right. Here we go. Um, wait, says, wait, wait. What are the rules to this? So we I will tell you the rules in a second. I will, I will tell okay. you the rules. Don't, don't get Just ahead of me. Just making sure. Mulehorn Gaming Just says, I can't wait to take my kids there one day. Like... Do it, Mule. Like, you will enjoy it. They will enjoy it. Yeah, when Someone they open again, I feel bad. They closed down and like 500 of my friends lost their job in one day. It was so sad. It's instantly, oh, man, yeah. it's so yeah, sad. It, so it really is. We just went to a depressing place. We did. So. And I don't know if there's any sign of reopening soon. So, so you wait, just went to where? We just well, I was just to... saying, we, we went to a dark place on it. We got all... We got oh, all, we yeah, got all job awesome. lossy. Yeah, let's you know. bring it back up with the quiz. The <laughs> terrible all right, here we go. The rules of the quiz. Wade says, um, Wade will probably die when he goes into Star Wars land. He'll just pass out and die. Okay, that here we go. That is pretty rad. So this quiz consists of five questions. I will read the question. And Michael or Jolie, you will call out your name. And the first person to call out their name, I will call on. And then you will answer the question. If you answer the question, then you get a point. If you do not answer the question, um, the other person can still. So, and then they will get the point and you will not get the point. And the points are made up and the rules don't matter. So here we go. Are you ready? So all you have to do is call out your name. So if you remember your name, call it out. And then we'll start this quiz. So here we go. Question the first. Which ride is at every Disney park? At every Disney park, there is a ride that is at every one of Jolie. them. Jolie. Is Dumbo? That is correct. Dumbo, the flying elephant, is at every park. Well done. Well done. All right. There's one two point. of them in Florida, right next to each other. There's two Dumbo two rides? Dumbos? Yeah, they have dual Dumbos. And it's like a pick a number <laughs> system. <laughs> That's just funny to me. Dual Dumbos. I like it. <laughs> All right. Dual so Dumbos. here we go. Question the second. <clears throat> they've got they've got that. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, wait no. for this joke. <laughs> that is an authentic birthday laugh, Mike. I love this. Happy birthday to Michael. I just, I just cracked myself up. I'll share that with you off air. I'm not gonna do it here. I understand. <laughs> Some things cannot be shared on air. Okay, question the second. According to Eater, I guess Eater is like some sort of outlet or whatever. What is the most popular food at the Disney parks? What is the most popular food at the Disney parks? Jolie. Jolie. It's either turkey leg or corn dog. Or churro. (laughs) 
or 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 Mickey pancake. Mm, I like or those Mickey prime pancakes. rib. Like name all the foods. Just name them all. It's one of those. <laughs> and this is according to Eater, whoever Eater is. Eater. It's a pretty good blog. There you go. I, I mean, I don't know. Them. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. What would it be? It's going to be something so obvious. It's not the ice cream. Or is it? It might be the turkey leg. At least that's a legendary one, even though I, you don't really see people walking around with the turkey leg and it tastes like bacon more than turkey. So you're like, you're eating it and you're going, I don't know what I'm right. eating, but I think it's meat and it tastes kind of good. So I'm going to keep eating it. Is that right. your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. It is not the turkey leg. Michael, you have All a right, chance Mike. to still. Um, let's see. So, so the most... The most famous, most common, what was the question? According to Eater, what is the most popular food at the Disney parks? The most popular food. Oh, um, oh I know what it is. Dang it. I don't know if I do. I'm going to go with the most popular. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Mickey Pancake. I don't know. So, according to Eater, the Mickey-shaped ice cream bar is the most popular food in all really? across Disney locations. Yep. I thought that the popcorn in the uh, the like collectible bins. Oh yeah, bins. you're so always stepping on that popcorns. Stuff. I swear, I see those more than you see. But I guess the ice cream would disappear and melt, whereas the bins would stick around. So, I mean, that's why you're I right. see more. It's true. I don't all right, my kids get the popcorn. They always spill it. All Plus, right, question. Every, yeah. Question number three. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question number three. Which Disneyland ride opened first? The Matterhorn Bobsleds or It's a Small World? It's a Small World. Jolie. <laughs> it's a Small World. This one's going to be tough because if you're wrong, then Mike well, knows then the I other answer. Point, right? then the I Small get World premiered at the World Fair in, in what year? 19... It was, But I thought the Matterhorn wasn't until the until 72 and i think it's a small world was in the world's fair like in 65 so the matterhorn bobsleds um the innovative roller coaster opened in the summer of 1959 yeah i'm way off (laughs) well it's a small world debuted at the 1964 world fair before landing at disneyland in 1966 59 for matterhorn 59 for matterhorn yep it's true. Unless, though. Did you know. know that it has a basketball court inside of it? I did. It has a basketball hoop inside of it. Yeah, it's not, not really it's a not court. I've been there. I've been in it, and I'm like, this is the court everybody talks about. Like, this is like <laughs> the big secret of Disneyland. And it was like wood planks that look like they're about to break. And then there was a hoop on top that like a flat ball was stuck in. You know? <laughs> it's it's funny now that everybody claims like these are the Disneyland secrets and you read them and you're like, like everybody oh, knows. I know that. Yeah. Like like Why did I say secrets. somebody am I thinking thunder? I'm probably thinking thunder. You might be thinking thunder. Thunder or space because they were later. And I know that Matterhorn was one of the first metal coasters. I know that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, was also actually the first it was built up early. So of course it would be 59. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Man, fail. Don't send that to Bob Iger. I agree. We will not cut this part out of the show. We will um, not send thank it to you. Bob Iger. So we will give a point to Mike there just he, like, because of... He, like, over behind me. Like, yeah. Cover his, his head. I start glowing red. 
Yeah. All right. Question number four. Now we are all tied up with two questions to go. This one's easy. In what year did Disney California Adventure open? Also known as DCA. Oh, man. Mike. A Mike. An unsure Mike. I, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. But I think I think it was... The date sticking out of my head is 92, 1992, but I don't think that that's correct. But that's the only date that's coming to my head. That is incorrect. You were correct that you were incorrect. So well done. On do being I get incorrect. a point for that? You do not get a point for being incorrect. Can Jolie still? So this is the thing, though. DCA is older than what I think it. It's older than what I think it is and what I remember it being. It is. It's older than what I think it is. That is incorrect. No, because like, see, I was there for the reopening. We reopened California Adventure with the new layout and car plan in 2012. But I think it it was after I graduated high school. 2001. That is correct. 2001. Got to redeem myself after that. Are you sure? I'm totally sure this quiz was vetted by none other than me. Question number five. So I guess I'll have to come up with a tiebreaker if Michael gets this one. Maybe if I lose it. Okay, this one will be difficult. So, and this is asking for rides, not attractions. I am asking for rides. So how many rides are there in Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom at Walt, uh, Walt Disney World? Nope. This is how many rides are there at Fantasyland in Walt in Disneyland, not Disney World, in Disneyland. And this is just rides in Fantasyland. They're going into the tank. The wheels are spinning. Jolie is using her fingers to count. Michael is using his teeth, which is an odd Um... thing that he does. Ten. Mike. Mike. Joey. Dang it. I don't know the rules. <laughs> um, so my math has 13. That would be. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Um, so these are just rides. Um, so if you say 13, you are incorrect. By how many? Wait. Do, do. You can't tell me how many. Jelly, 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 jelly. Okay, so I will not tell you by how many. So I will say that you are incorrect. And we'll give you can let Jolie answer though. I'm not going to say ten. I'm going to say something different. Okay. Twelve. So wait, hang on. Before you answer, before you answer, before you answer. So let's go through them, right? Let's go through them. An Uber is considered a ride, just so you know. So if you're not counting Pinocchio, Snow White, Peter Pan, and Mr. Toads, and Alice in Wonderland, you are, this quiz is faulty. I'm just telling you. Those are called rides. I mean, they're called they the rides. He's, yeah, he's those are included. Rides. Those he are is. included. Okay. okay. So there are, so, we got so you Snow do White, Snow White, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, Alice in Wonderland. These are the dark rides. Uh, Peter, Peter Pan, Pan and Mr. Toads, which by the way, is the best ride in the entire park. And then false, false. You uh, you have lost six points on that. The best ride no. in the entire park is Peter Pan. 
I apologize. Peter good, but no, 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 no. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you get drunk, you get hit by a train, you, well, you're still a car, you get hit by a train, and then you end up in hell and it's over. Like, you, there's no way they'll ever build another ride like that. It's amazing. It's and then you get off and you're like, way. what just happened? What just happened? Yeah, what did I do? The best. You're like, what park <laughs> okay, did we come to, Dad? five dark rides, and then there's Dumbo, there's Casey Jr., there's Storybook Land Canal Boats, there's the Carousel, there's the Teacups, Technically, it's a small world. Is Fantasyland? It is Fantasyland, and I think so is the Matterhorn. It is, and, and um, I believe so is the Utopia. Utopia has gone. It died a long time ago. Not the Utopia. The Utopia is the what? cars. I wrote it last year. Yeah, oh, the, never mind. Maybe. Yeah, the Utopia is in Tomorrowland. Yeah, that's Tomorrowland. But, but it's Utopia is next considered. To it is not. But it's considered a fantasy land ride. It's not. No, it's not. I, I think you need to look it up. I, or am I thinking Matterhorn? Because Matterhorn had a Matterhorn fantasy, fantasy ride, land ride. Like Lederhosen, you know, yodeling, whatever. But, but when, I was old, when I was younger, Matterhorn had a fantasy land entrance and a Tomorrowland entrance. And it was technically in both. Look it up. Was that when it was, when they had converted it into like the Gummy Bears tune jamboree thing? Do you remember that? For a little, I don't, I don't remember that. Oh, I, for a little while, it was like gummy bear themed. I'm not even like really? that, that old cartoon gummy bears. Down yeah, down totally. It was like gummy bear themed and like Chippendale's Rescue Rangers stuff. But anyway, that's awesome. But I don't ever remember hearing that. And I would hear about that. And I would hear about that. So Matterhorn actually has a slower, slower track, which is on the Fantasyland side and a faster, bumpier track, which is on the Tomorrowland side. So there are actually two entrances to the Matterhorn. There's think... two different racks. I'm not. Yeah. <clears throat> if one's there... slightly faster and bumpier, it's not advertised as such. It's more like a. This one's faster. And <laughs> hey, hey! Want to buy an eight? Want yeah. to buy an eight? Pick eight. <laughs> my door. Pick my door. But wait, no, but... really. What ride am I forgetting? So I, yeah, I Steve, need. So so what? So what number did you say, Julie? You guys I think have... I said twelve. She said twelve. I said thirteen. Okay, there are there are twelve. Okay, I this one this list did not have the Mad Tea Party on it, so I had to add it on here. Oh, interesting. So I, we have I, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Casey Junior Circus Train, Dumbo the Flying Elephant, It's a Small World, King Arthur's Carousel, Mad Tea Party, Matterhorn Bobsled, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, Pinocchio's Daring Journey, Snow White's Scary Adventure, and Storybook Land Canal Boats, which was there hey, from I'm the beginning. Hey, I'm you're using the whole title, like, because whenever we did interviews on TV or radio, we had to use the entire title, so it wasn't like Star Tours, it was star tours the adventures continue but when you're having a conversation with a reporter it feels a little weird to be like yeah so when we ride on star tours the adventures continue you know or little mermaid ariel's undersea adventure like you have to say the whole thing every the time thing. yeah or the disneyland resort not just disneyland yeah oh, yeah so, that's one that i've noticed a bunch so that's so cool. it's weird it's neat so let's say congratulations to Disneyland ex-ambassador Jolie for dominating Michael at this Yay. Disneyland quiz. We will give you I a pause. Like you it's your birthday, and I'm really ashamed of my Matterhorn answer. Like, I feel like I need to go and <laughs> repent. Like, yeah, repent. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> you are totally fine. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. We will send you a Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwich. and Very and we'll popular be all right good. here. Very popular, apparently. I've only yeah. had one, I think, in my life. 
That's because it's tough to eat ice cream. Um, so <laughs> it is tough to eat ice cream. So that's the quiz. So we can, before we jump into WandaVision, Jolie, I would like for you to plug and tell our listeners where they can find you. If you want to direct them to your Final Fantasy um, 7 Remake deep dive video, you can do that. Or if you want to send them to the Big Compute Podcast, where can they find you on the internet? Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Um, Let's see, on the internet, I think the place you can find me most is just on my YouTube channel. I'm not a YouTuber per se, but I'm a filmmaker who occasionally will post on YouTube. But, but I did spend those seven months like making that Final Fantasy review. And I would love for people who would appreciate it to see it. Not like you don't have to like strap down like your little brother and make them watch it like or anything Though that's okay too. That would be weird, uh, right? If you don't want to see that, like if you're Final Fantasy passionate, then then take a look at that. And then the Big Compute podcast, bigcompute.org. I write a lot of the blogs there, and then I I host the podcast. You can find me there as well, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nice. That was your uh, podcast Thanks. voice. So you should like totally just take your um, Final Fantasy remake video and just like cut it up and put it on TikTok and get all the views on TikTok. That's what I hear. Are all the I'm, cool kids are doing? I am not a cool kid. TikTok and I are like, no. You could totally okay. do it. You're, you're not There's just stuff on really. there, but like I just haven't gotten on there. It's like, I don't you know. Have, my attention span too long, like or something. <laughs> you have to embrace the TikTok. All right, so everyone, go check out that video if you enjoy Final Fantasy. I hear you're working on a Final Fantasy VI video. Is that correct, or is that something I just totally made up? You made that up, but I, I do love the opera. It's amazing. I mean, it has to be the best Final Fantasy ever, right? Final Fantasy VI, like undeniable. It's very good. It's undeniable, very good. I, I heard say you it's say. The best one ever. Diplomatic answer. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I'm it's a, a Disney master person diplomatic. <laughs> it's a very Disney, very Disney answer. So speaking of Final Fantasies, like how excited are you for Final Fantasy 16? Like where is that rate on your... This is the one game I'm going to play in 2022 when it releases, probably. Well, yeah, or or like November of 21 even is the rumor, which I don't know that it's going to come that soon. But uh, of course, I'm going to play it. It's a Final Fantasy. Now, I, I'm one of those people. I'm kind of a rare breed. I'm not stoked about like blood and gore. I don't like it. I think it's dumb. Um, so as long as they I notice that there's blood in this one and it's rated M supposedly so as long as they if it's m because they have some of that just as a consequence of what's going on instead of trying to add a bunch of that in there if that makes sense like i don't like violent games that are violent just for the sake of being violent being you know violent. to draw on that kind of an audience that's not my thing but if it's like part of the story and it's not too bad then i'm okay with it so i'm waiting the jury's still out I'm waiting, you know, to see. I mean, we haven't had the game yet, but I am excited to play it. It looks like the story might be really cool. Um, hopefully it makes sense in the end. Few of them do. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't I know. know why you're hoping for that. <laughs> <laughs> it it will most definitely not make sense at the end. But but you're right. This is like the first one that we've ever had like a an M rating on. And also like yeah. I'm excited for it because it, we're finally going back to like the fantasy roots of Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, kind of like a medieval castles and knights kind of feel, which is cool. We haven't had that since really I mean, nine was that way. It's the last yeah. big one to be that way. 
I guess I guess we um, get it in the MMO, but I don't really like consider yeah, it is the mainline title. So yeah, but cool. I am excited for that. So yes, everyone go check out um, Julie's uh, YouTube channel and get into Final Fantasy VII Remake. And hey, for those of us that haven't played it yet, we'll get to play it in April on PCs. So since it's still a Sony exclusive for a year, which is super dumb, but that is that'll super be a lot of fun. Dumb. Cool. Jolie, do you want to hang out with us while we talk about WandaVision and spoil WandaVision? I've never seen it, so I'll just stand, like, sit here with a weird look on my face. Should I let you, you guys have that conversation without me? You could totally, like, ask us questions and, like, be like, hey, I'm the person that hasn't seen this yet. Would I be into this? So you can totally okay. hang out. It'd be weird if Who's I like, cut you off. Yeah, because if I if Who's I Wanda? if I kick you out <laughs> What's of the it call, about? I, isn't it like a Marvel? <laughs> are you? I don't know anything about it except that you messaged me that you were going to talk about it, and I was like, "Oh, cool! What?" Are you not a Marvel fan? I am a Marvel fan to an extent. To I think what? it's fun popcorn movies, and it's Disney, and you know, I love Spider Man. Big fan of Spider Man. I think that Have the four you... movies are really good. They're fun. Have you have you seen them all? Are you caught up on the MCU up until this point? Most of them. I'm trying to think if there's one that I haven't seen. My husband and I watched the ones that I hadn't seen recently. I'm sure there are some that I haven't seen, though. Um, so specifically, have you seen Age of Ultron? Which one's that? That's the one with uh, James Spader as the bad guy. He's a robot. He is a robot. Spencer, if you're listening to this, have I seen that one? So Message Spencer, me on WhatsApp, hurry. Spencer That's in awesome. chat says, probably not. She doesn't watch oh, the okay. MCU, really. Um, she That's says, funny. He says, this is a really bad idea in chat, so I think we'll go with it. <laughs> so here we go with our WandaVision section of the podcast. <laughs> All right, so this is episode three of WandaVision, and I actually think that of the shows to start out with, this show is probably the best for new people. I've got that echo coming back, and it's like really tripping me out, and I don't know where it's coming from. So, right after you played a sound bite, so it has something to do with that. It's got a weird loop for that. Let's let's test Mike's theory. Now is the time where we play our WandaVision uh, portion of the show. And now I will talk to see if I have an echo, but it doesn't sound like it's there. So, Mike, your theory is out. Okay, it's so... It's the only thing... Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right. All right, Mike, you start. You start. I talk or you talk? You talk? Who talks first? You talk first? I you talk, talk first? first? I talk first. I'll talk first. So, Jolie, I think that for someone that... Um, this is an easy show to get into. It's not very long. It's very short. If you enjoy old sitcoms like I Love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke Show or Brady Bunch, this is something that you could easily jump into and feel right at home. Um, it's also a show that I don't think you necessarily need to have the huge MCU background or you do not need to know the MCU like you know Final Fantasy VII in order to enjoy WandaVision. Um, it's something that you can just jump into and have fun with or you can choose. I think it's interesting because you can choose to engage with the content as deep as you want. You can be the person that like goes back and reads all the Vision comics and tries to figure out like what the crap is going on. Or you can just say, hey, let's turn this on. It's from Marvel. I'll enjoy it. And you're good to go. So I think 
as far as that goes, like this show is easy for anyone to jump into. Mike, would you agree with that? Or would you call me a liar? No, I wouldn't. I would call you a straight up liar. There I are understand. maybe not a straight up liar, but there are some things, there are some stepping stones that you do need to have. And there are some things that you need to understand, right? You need to understand that Wanda is enhanced, right? In the she's MCU. So she's got, she's got powers. We can't say that. They don't. So own she, is a, person. she is, is a person. Wanda okay. is a person. Wanda is a person. I didn't know that. I didn't know if it was like a company name. <laughs> like, so Wanda her name is Wanda Maximoff. Like okay. Yeah. She's Wanda Maximoff from the, from the country, from the city, the town of Sokovia. She's from Sokovia. And she had a brother. And they were twins. And they were taken and they were experimented on. And they had powers. Um, oh, are they at the end of? Yes, they are. Of one of the movies I've seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are okay. at the end of one of the movies. Um, Wanda is better known as the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Right? Okay. And she and she's the one with the with the ha- she, the Jack Sparrow hands and the red and, and she the, has the thing with the Cyclops guy, Jewel guy. What's it? so his name is Vision, Vision. and now we've oh. come so. Sur- now we've come full circle, and it is WandaVision. See how we did that there? Can yes. I change this segment, and can we just have Jolie explains Marvel characters as a segment? <laughs> is that something that we can do? Because I think that would so be Vision. Vision is a robot, and he was created by Tony Stark and Ultron in the movie Age of Ultron. And he was enhanced with the Mind Stone. Wait, who's Ultron? I forgot. <laughs> He's the bad guy played by James Spader, the one whose neck. Oh yeah, that like guy. This. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's how he talks in uh, Blacklist, anyway. He's always looking sideways at talks. the camera. It's very That's how odd. he talks in Age of Ultron, also. That is true. Vision, Vision, unfortunately, was killed in. Well, spoiler alert. I think we all know this part. He Fair was enough. killed in Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, because he like, but so many mm-hmm. people were. He like dissolves into the air. No, he was dead, dead. Not this one. Not this one. Oh, he Thanos, was dead. Thanos grabbed the stone out of his head <gasps> and pulled oh, it out. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I was like, owie. Okay, yes, I remember. Thank you for jump. <laughs> there's, in MCU, there's <laughs> dead. And then there's mostly dead. Yeah. I swear my Final Fantasy review is better than the way I am right now. There was so this Vision guy named Squall. And yeah. he was... And and in Dickens' terms, Vision was dead to begin with, right? That must be made clear, right? He was dead from the beginning. So he's dead. He's gone. He didn't come back. He wasn't able to come back when Tony Stark saved the world. Spoiler alert, Tony Stark saves the world, okay? So Vision Vision is not is not alive. And that's like the first little in like... In WandaVision? Well, see, in the timeline, right? In the timeline, because Vision's gone. And that's the first thing that you kind of have to what's happening here because he's supposed to be dead right so that's the first little thing so so yep that's the look you need to give as soon as the episode turns on because you see vision and you're like wait a second he's supposed to be dead episode one opens up very i love lucy very much black and white very that whole kind of setup punchline laugh track right so that's kind of what you get into on episode one a lot of cool things happen there. The hinge of that episode is, is it when supposed Vis- to take place in the past. Like, what's the point we, of the black and white? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. That's what we're leading up to. See, we don't I know. So it's not like an obvious period piece episode. Nope. nope. It's definitely a put on your Sherlock Holmes deerstalker cap to figure out what is going on here. 
Okay. That's exactly what we're going for. All right? I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So <laughs> episode <laughs> episode one, there's a hinge when bot when um Vision's boss starts to choke. And the characters make a very distinct 180 on how they're acting in the episode. Okay. And so that's like your first little what is going on here? Something's am- something's amiss in the world of WandaVision. Pleasant, what's a what's the town called? Pleasantville? Um, you keep Harbor. talking and I'll let you know. You you look that up, right? So now we go, so that's episode one. And then we open up with episode two, which gives us a very um um bewitched opening, right? Da da So now we're in so now we're in the era of almost color um and kind of different. Still modern, but it's, it's modern. Modern-ish. Like it's like taking place in modern time, but it's being shot as though it was shot in the 70s. We don't know that. 60s. We don't we don't know that. Wait, what, we... what cars are they driving? Are it, they driving an old car or a new car? They are. So in episode one, they're driving fit everything is 50s style. Everything. Oh, Clothing. Well, that makes it feel like a period piece. But then episode two switches to the 70s. What? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The 60s. 60s. And every yeah. and everything is period piece to that. Episode three is now Brady Bunch and the 70s. And we jump to in color. The first two episodes are black and white. Now we're in color. So is 80s going to be Saved by the Bell or is that more 90s? That's more That's 90s. That's probably more 90s. That's probably 90s-ish. 80s. What would be a, an 80s sitcom? 80s sitcom. Brady Bunch. No, that's more mm-hmm. 70s. Then it's it would be sitcom. Full House. Eight, let's see. 80s sitcom. Full House was 90s. Saved um, by the Bell might be 80s. Uh, I think it was a little bit older. Growing than that. pains. Growing pains Growing would be the pains? '80s. One day at a time. Benson. Wonder years. Life. I bet it's going to. Oh, follow Wonder, Wonder Years. years. It's probably yeah, going to be Wonder years. years. That's tricky though, because Wonder Years is emulating an earlier time period in itself. Right. Oh, I guess that's true. That's true, right? That's Wonder yeah. Years was would... sixty-eight to seventy-three. Oh, so well. we'll have to see, well, and that's and again, that's <laughs> another thing that we're trying to figure out. Like, what is going on with the jumps? Why? Why is this happening? So, what about the characters? Are they the same characters in every episode? So far, yes. Episode are they three, aging at all? No, they're so not. The they're staying are remaining consistent. the same. Mm-hmm. Are they all Avenger characters, superhero power people, or are they regular people too? So, well, so far we don't know until episode oh. three where we get the introduction of another character who we've actually met before. Okay, so are you caught up with Captain Marvel? I know of her existence, and I saw her lead the women to victory in the last... In Endgame, right? In Endgame. Yes, I know of her. So this doesn't... So you don't need to know anything about her because she's not in this one. What you need to know is, is her best friend's daughter. Best friend's daughter. Who's her best, best friend's, friend's daughter? Her best friend's daughter in that movie, she was the little girl who um she didn't have a huge, huge part, but she was there. She that called is, any, does not help me. What? It doesn't <laughs> help it doesn't help us in the movie who was there. What was little there? girl? Like when? So so her story, Captain um Captain Marvel's story is that she was a human that got imbued with powers 
who now is a superhero who had a best friend while they were in the Air Force. And this best friend ended up having a daughter. And that's really all we oh, okay. know. Okay. There are a few scenes with her, but really we don't know much about her until she shows up as a grown woman on episode three of WandaVision. <clears throat> and I didn't know this before. I had to look it up later when I was doing some research, but that's who that is. The big thing that happens in this episode is that apparently this character who, who is known by Wanda as Geraldine, but that's not her real name. Her real name is Monica Rambo. Okay. Of course it anyway, is. Of course it is. Because it is. Because reasons. She starts asking about Wanda's past. Okay. And that's the first time that we, that we have anybody talk to Wanda about her past. And then the, okay. the, 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 the uh, cinematography changes. We get kind of some shaky cam going. The music changes. So we as an audience know that Wanda is starting to like understand that this may not be reality. Of course, she already knows what it is. So so it's a play on words. The title is a play on words. It's Wanda's Mm -hmm. vision, basically. So it's It's, like, it's, mm -hmm. it's walking you through Wanda's vision, like the way she sees things and what reality is versus what it is not. And the audience is just trying, they're, they're giving you pieces as you go. And hopefully it'll answer questions at the end, instead of being like the series lost, which was, Terrible. Which was lost. No pun intended. Aptly <laughs> named. <laughs> right? So the so the big, the hanging, the teaser, the hook at the end of this episode was that this character, Monica, or Geraldine as known by Wanda, was kicked out of the area where, what's the name of the town, Steve? I can't ever remember. Westview. 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 So Westview is this town where all these characters are. And Monica is seen falling to the ground with our modern day vehicles pulling up to her with helicopters flying around. And we see this compound kind of like the Truman show type. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where yeah. All of this is happening. And then we're left cut to black. So it's almost like she could have been on different movie sets. Almost like almost or, or I think it, I think it's closer to what you postulated was that we're kind of seeing this world through Wanda's eyes. But now we need to know why. Exactly. Now we need to know why. What's the end game? What is happening here? What are we supposed to know? So That's interesting. How long is each episode? Are we talking, are these like 22 minutes, 48 Uh, minutes? 22. So, okay. About closer to 30, maybe 22 to 30, but that, but that kind of, kind of range. Okay. So yeah, it's not a long, it's not a long watch. It's not something you need to get like really, all right, sit on the couch, get your popcorn, get your blanket. Right. So it's pretty quick, but and they're pretty dense. Each episode is pretty dense with stuff. And and there are people out there who are pausing and slowing down and watching every and frame. interpreting like every mm-hmm. little thing, I'm sure. Every look, every this, every product placement. So so there's that out there for sure. But the major beats are the ones that we covered. And huh. and it's it's interesting where it's going to go. Um, we don't really know where it's going to go, which is kind of the fun part of it. But we need to, we're trying to figure out how. So, is it being released like Mandalorian, where it's one week at a time? Yep. yep. And do we know one how many episodes? How many? Episodes I believe there are eight. Oh. Steve, is it six or is it eight? I think it's eight. I believe there's eight. Yep. Eight episodes. And That's then, and then, I need to give it, it a watch. 
you do need to give it a watch. It's 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 like jumping on that train, like we said earlier with the GameStop stuff, because because again with like Mandalorian, it seems like everybody is on is on the Disney Plus train, and which and rightly so. It's good stuff. It's great content. It's wholesome. Um, but yeah, now you can now you can catch up at the water cooler. I think the interesting my, thing my remote my remote water cooler. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess we don't have we not not everyone's in person. <laughs> this this podcast is my the water, water cooler. cooler these there days. you go. There's your water cooler. Yeah, and I think DC comics. <laughs> I think it, I think the interesting thing about the end of episode three is that you know we have the birth of the twins. Um, for Wanda and Vision. So I'm sure that will add some interesting things to the show. We know that it's probably difficult for Vision to, um, you know, have kids, but um, it'll be interesting to see. You mean where impossible? All... The word you're looking for is impossible. You know, see, it's the MCU. It's the MCU, and he's more of a synth. So as they say in Age of Ultron, so he's kind of human body because that was the big thing in the cradle that they were making something better than the robot. It was going to be part human, part robot. So I just but rewatched was it, Ultron. But so. was it like, was it like one for one? Oh, yeah. Atomic? Completely anatomically correct robot. There was no, there's no way Tony Stark would not make a anatomically correct <laughs> robot. So if that's what he was going after. So it's okay. going to be really interesting to see where the show goes. I'm excited to like it's learn hard. more. It's like one of those things where it's like, okay, now like we're close to the point where you either have to start revealing what's really going on or you're going to start to lose people, I think. Because mm -hmm. if you drag this on too long, you end up doing the whole lost thing and then the polar bear yeah. never really mattered. And that just makes people more frustrated. So I'm excited yep. to see where the show goes and we can watch this Friday and then we'll talk about it next week. So. And now, Jolie, you're all Very caught cool. up, so go out there, watch it, get caught up. I think you would enjoy the show. It's a lot of fun, and if not, you could just listen to Mike uh, describe it, and then there you go. It's pretty much just as good as watching it, I think. Awesome. So. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. That's one of those for... subtle digs. That's one of those. No, it's not. Oh, kind of. Just kind of. <laughs> Turning those screws. It's not. It's not because you're turning 40 today. Phaedron in chat says, Mike does a great job explaining things that he's into. So there you go. He's really excited how you explain that. So, All right, everyone. Phaedron is my husband. What? Spoiler <laughs> Thanks alert. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Spoiler alert, right? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so everyone, thank you so much. Everyone in chat for hanging out. Jolie, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We'll have to do it again sometime for... Sure. for Sometime yeah, when Final Fantasies, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The pleasure was yours. That is correct. So um, maybe when Final <laughs> Fantasy sixteen releases, uh, oh, is that how you're supposed to say that? Yeah. So yeah, they, you, you you flipped it. So switch it. Switch it happens it sometimes. It's very. I like that. It's very funny. late. But yeah, we would love to talk about Final Fantasy in the future whenever that happens, or hey, even talk about a bunch of um, Marvel stuff when it comes out. So everyone. <laughs> In chat, everyone listening on the podcast, thank you for hanging out with us on episode 157 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, a podcast that we don't really know what it's about anymore, but eventually we'll figure it out. So until next time, please stay safe, be kind to each other, and leave it better than you found it, I think. So that's what I would suggest. And go buy thank some stuff. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, advisor. a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all.
See you later, Twitch. Woohoo! Oh, that was too loud. All right. Yay! I'm